mission to explore the far reaches of cinema. Three daring adventurers dive deep into the Criterion and beyond. These are the tales of their adventures. This is Synonauts! Hey, this is Ian. I'm Boom. This is Catcher. And welcome oh. to a new episode of Synonauts Exploring the Criterion. They said it couldn't be done. They said we were just going to fall away like other podcasts that I will not name here that Boom also co-hosts, but we're back <laughs> and we're stronger than ever. Boom. Listen. Boom and Catcher and I today, we will be discussing a couple things. Our, our initial plan for those who figure out our little audio puzzles, which some people did, shout out Groove Rex and uh, KK. Uh, we were going to do 2001 A Space Odyssey, but we decided, you know, we haven't done this in a little bit. We haven't done this in like three months. Let's let's ease into it. Let's catch up with each other and catch up with yeah. the rest of you. So in this episode, we're going to talk about our uh, top five movies of 2022 and our top five most anticipated movies of 2023. And if you listen through, we may be revealing some of our programming plans. Uh, Big plans. For 2023. But you have to listen closely. Um, boom. Please, how have you been? I haven't talked to you as much because you just disappeared on Discord. I know. Catcher and I just talked I and dis- you disappeared <laughs> and we worry about you. I kind of love it though. I deleted Discord from my phone oh. because I needed it. This makes a lot of sense, actually. This makes a lot of sense. Not space from us, though. Not, not space from you, you guys, Thank never. You. Um, so, but I have it on my computer, so I'll like check it periodically. Mm. And I've just loved like coming, like going back on to Discord to like 35 missed messages of like the two of you just like nerding <laughs> out. And I'm like, I don't even know what they're up to. Just tell me when and where I need to be. But seems fun. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> Catcher. Yes. How have you been? Uh, you've been making your rounds. You've been on podcasts frequently. Guys, I finally made it to the big leagues. You made it to the big leagues. I made it to the big <laughs> leagues. I got on 70 millimeter talking about mm. Avatar. I was worried because we were not mm. recording and I wasn't emotionally ready to like not have anybody to talk to about this movie. <laughs> and I realized it in the middle of like a watching another movie at a theater. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm not going to have anyone to talk to you about this. And I texted Slim immediately. I was like, well, are you guys doing anything? And he said, no. So he invited me on and it was great. We had such a good time. It was awesome. Mm. Our friends over at 70 millimeter, part of the tape deck family. Uh, What a beautiful family mm -hmm. it is. It is a beautiful family. You can go listen to them uh, and go, if you like them, listen to their, sign up for their Patreon. They're doing Synonauts. They're They're doing Synonauts month. Sounds like over there. I know they're. Aren't they doing uh, Barry Lyndon? Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, very cool. excited for that. I think it's. I think it's technically seventies month, but you know. Well, it's been all Criterion film. It's been all Criterion film so far. So I'm like, this is great. <laughs> Maybe that's a signal for us to change our direction. Who can say? Before we get to our movie lists discussions, um, are there any and any random catch ups that you would like? our fellow listeners to know about anything interesting. I want to do new merch. And I think what I want to do is do figure out like how many people would be interested and just doing one straight run. There's a local Mm. print shop 
like a silk printing shop, silk screen printing shop that I really want to work with. And I think I'm going to try and getting a silk robes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's getting a silk robe with my face on it (laughs) with, with my, the pinkies up. It's going to be great. Um, no, but I want to, I think that it's going to be more fun. So, um, if that sounds interesting to you, think about it. And then I think we should like talk to, we'll reach out in a more like official way to whoever's listening. But if you're listening and that sounds good to you, let us know. Mm. Let's do it. To see who wants the, the robes. robes. Or t-shirts or a hat or something. Boom, our, uh, our resident world traveler has more news for us. <laughs> Where are you jet setting? <laughs> Um, well, come February, the end of February, I'll be going to Jamaica for two months, which I'm super stoked about. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw a catcher over the holidays and I was talking about because we'll be restarting Synonauts officially and I'll be continuing to podcast like throughout my Jamaican journey. So I'm excited um, about that. And I was just like thinking about... um you know, just like recording from the island. I'm like, oh my God, this is going to be so much fun. Or it's just going to be, you know, like any other time, but except for I'll be in Jamaica. <laughs> and I've already scoped out um, all the movie theaters. Yeah. So I think it's going to be good. And I actually think I'm going to get to see some cool things that I yeah. wouldn't be able to see over here because there's there's a scene for over sure. there, right? Oh, yeah. So um, yeah, I'm stoked. I'm terrified, but mm. mostly excited. And it'll be like the bitter end of Canadian winters. So I'm happy to be dipping <laughs> for that's that. Some big brain thinking. Boom, lo- boom, live yeah, on the street. Just, just giving us the lowdown of Jamaica. <laughs> and it's gonna be so great. So your dad is from Jamaica, right? Yeah, my dad was born and raised in Jamaica. He moved to Canada when he was 19. Do you have family down there still? Um, or like, does he have friends there? I do. Yeah, he, I have family there. I'm not staying with them because they live in like the hills, like in farmland. Mm-hmm. And as much as I'm excited to kind of explore, you know, my dad's country of origin, I think uh, I'm going to be planting my roots in Kingston because yeah. that is like I can handle city um and catch my bearings a little bit but my dad will be coming for like a portion of my trip just for like a week so we'll probably see some family then oh, yeah. and I'm excited the dream mm-hmm. the dream what about you Ian what have you been up to uh me I have been Isla is like a full human now which is awesome. I, I know. It's so crazy. She's so cute. She is the cutest little baby and she's so sweet and she talks now and does all the things and it's super cute. So that has been uh, a lot of our um, a lot of our time, but it's been great. It's like nice. every time, anytime someone asks like, oh, like what's it like being dad? I'm like, I fucking love it. Like it's it's the absolute dream. Love it, yeah. bro. Totally. I see the posts, like the sports posts where you have her in like sports gear and stuff. How's that going? Is Swimmingly. she a sports Swimmingly. fan? Oh, she, okay. She, uh, so my main thing is getting her to like the Niners. So she now, she definitely, she identifies the Niners logo like at sight. And like every night we have like Tara's dad got, got her like this little, you know, like the like kids books of like all Niners stuff. And like almost every night she like brings it over to me, like makes me read it with her. Uh, and oh. so when we watch, so we'll watch football and she'll point and she'll be like, go, go, go. And like yell when I yell and that sort of stuff. So oh. yeah, in, 
yes, the dream is is very much happening. You've uh, done it. You've achieved <laughs> yeah. fatherhood. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, uh, we got her. Like I got her. Uh, I'm sorry, Santa got her a, a, a Niners jersey for Christmas. Just the dream. Uh, but let's let's uh, let's chat in our list. Which list do you want to do first? Do you want to do our top? I feel like or most anticipated. I think we should do like top okay. year in review. Yeah kind uh-huh. of thing and then look to the future okay so we'll, we'll start <laughs> off with our top fives uh we will round table these go five 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 four 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 etc uh fair warning and i will play bad guy in this before we started recording catcher did say i have 22 movies i want to talk about yeah i did say that <laughs> so, i didn't say i wanted to talk about all 22 so nothing but I, so it, my top 10 list became 23 movies so yes which you can find yeah. on Letterbox right now. Um, there it is. And uh, with all little blurbs, I even took the time to write little blurbs. So please, oh my ch- God. please check it okay. out. We'll link that. How do you? Okay, catch her, please. You're number five. My number five is Prey. Uh, hmm. Dan Trackenberg, oh. Prey. Um, let's see here. You guys did an excellent boomless summer episode on prey yeah, we did i actually forgot we yeah did that. me and sophie listened to it on the road with marcy marcy was in it um okay so i wrote dran uh dan trachtenberg feels like the first director of a new generation his films respect art auteur and blockbuster filmmaking to equal measure which i think is like totally his vibe he can make he's made really good fun exciting blockbuster um joyful experiences and then, but his craft and consideration of craft is like so good. What other movies has he done? Uh, he also did Ted Cloverfield Lane. Oh, that movie was oh, so underrated. That so underrated it was so good. It was like two movies in one. It was iconic. Yeah, yeah definitely that great. And so for me, I'm like, he's doing just wonders. And Prey is just it's awesome. The action is amazing. <laughs> the visuals are really smart. And uh, inventive and feels fresh. You could tell he's grown up playing video games. And he brings such a great like video game energy to this without it feeling like gimmicky. It just feels like someone who is being inspired by another medium. Like how that can happen mm-hmm. in, other, in other artistic expressions. Like, and I think he does that mm. really well with video games in this movie. Um, and it's just fun. It's just fun. So, yeah. I liked Prey a lot. Um, I haven't seen all the Predator movies. I think I saw the original one way back in the day. Um, And what I like about it is what I liked about Prey was that I didn't feel out of the loop on anything. Like, I feel like I understood how, like, the Predator worked and all the things, like, all the fan service. Like, I feel like I was also in on it. Um while I was watching it and was it was a lot of fun it was a it was a good one for sure yeah I'm not a, I'm sure I said this in the episode I like like the Predator movies I've seen the first two I think but I have never felt the need to revisit it but Prey was awesome um the action was so good yeah. it was really well done just everything about it and a total surprise movie like nine times out of ten the movie sucks you yeah, know oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I agree. Uh, awesome that that it that it knocked the bars good good pick um, boom, you want to go next to me? Uh, you go, Ian. Uh, so first of all, I do want to preface my top five 
by fully acknowledging I I have not seen a fair amount of the big hitters from this oh. from last year. Uh as I'm sure some of you know, uh I I I left my job uh in the movie industry of the last 8 years, so I think I was like, hey, I don't have to watch all these movies for the first time in almost a decade, so I'm just not going to do it. Uh <laughs> you know, and so that was kind of a thing. I like if I really didn't want to go watch it, I was like, I'm just going to wait till it's on VOD. And of course, all those are coming out now. So I'll be I'll catch them all before like the Oscars and stuff. But so my list is is slightly I'm sure it'll shift, but I do stand behind all my picks. I think that's a healthy way of doing okay. it as well. Like why it is. jump right back into it? Just enjoy yourself. My number five. And I'm going to I'm going to pull a catcher uh okay and choose two mostly because yeah. um two-way tie number five i first have uh jackass forever uh on my list oh, um another movie that just really should not have been as good as it was and it was just like awesome to watch like it was so fun and like those movies i i wrote this in my review that like those movies have a very weird kind of heart behind them because like mm. I think I wrote like the beauty of seeing Jackass and these guys doing this, you know, 20, 25 years later is that it makes you feel like maintaining those friendships from your youth is like a possible thing and you could do it. And that's like kind of the vibe I got, especially like towards the end when, when they do flashbacks and stuff. I don't know. Very good. Uh, big fan of the movie. Funny as hell. My other number five is uh, Cha Cha Real Smooth, which was directed by Cooper Rife. Oh, yeah, that um, was a sweet my, one. Yeah, starring my girl Dakota Johnson and Cooper Rife. Rife. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I think in my letterbox I wrote Cooper Rife might be my favorite white guy indie dude in movies um, because that movie <laughs> rocked. Just full, nice. just full of heart. Like it's a no pressure movie. Um, you know, yeah, it's just everything about it was was so fun. Um, I kind of forgot the, I watched it. I rated it pretty highly. I remember like having a really good time watching it, but I kind of forgot the premise. Like what is it? Yeah. So Cooper, uh, he plays a guy named Andrew and he moves back home. Can't figure out his life. So he like becomes like a bar mitzvah, like party starter essentially for kids. Okay. Yeah. And then he meets, um, he meets Dakota Johnson and uh and her daughter who has autism um and it's just about like the relationship there so yeah was a okay yeah yeah. big fan of that movie definitely worth definitely worth the watch it was a good one yeah if you just want like a nice like warm blanket type movie definitely recommend that um boom so i guess i'll prime my year um so because i think maybe people will be like what the heck um because my (laughs) list is not (laughs) What you would expect it to be for me. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like I had the opposite year of you, Ian, where I saw absolutely everything. Um, mm-hmm. It was like, you know, still kind of coming out of the pandemic weirdness and being like, what do I do? Like, what do I even enjoy is social activity. Um, and one of the things is just constantly being at the movies. So did that a lot. Um, and... Yeah, so it's it's an interesting list. And this one, my number five is The Northman, oh. which I saw when it first came out. And I think 
I rated it four stars, like right from jump. And I remember leaving it being like, I don't know if I ever need to watch this movie again, but it was really good. Um, But then as like the year kind of went on, I kept on thinking about it and people would be like, you know, we'd be talking about movies and it would be the one that I was recommending. And also wish that I had seen it in theaters more than once because in terms of like a theatrical experience it was quite something just with like you know the visuals the sound and all of that um I always think about that like last scene spoilers spoilers with the like fight the Mm -hmm. volcano side duel um so yeah it was just I don't know. There was something about it. It was like pretty simple story that we all kind of know, you know, tried and true. And once um, Alexander Skarsgård caught that arrow midair, you know, with it, he <laughs> caught my heart. And <laughs> that's great. Uh, and I was hooked. So I'm. that's one I'm excited to revisit and, and just one that I've been, that's kind of, you know, stayed at the top of, you know, what was kind of piquing my interest this year. It was really good, really well made. Catcher, number four. Number four. Okay. I just did a last minute swap. Oh, boy. So <laughs> uh, we go. Bone, Bones and All has been pushed down oh. uh, to sixth. To make space okay. for my number four, which is Jordan Peele's Nope. Mm. Oh. Uh, I just couldn't not have this on the list. Um, it was just a movie that I had so much fun watching. And then so much fun com- c- talking with Boom about it um, after the fact. and uh, And it was just like he... The thing that I wrote was just that he's one of like the few directors that is getting that like fuck you money, that blank check money, and he's taking it and he's making the most, the weirdest, most interesting, like original big movies coming out right now. Like us was like did unfairly get not enough credit when it came out. Oh, it's yeah. a brilliant movie mm-hmm. that is taking huge swings that he absolutely nails every one of them. Um, and the sort of discourse after that movie came out and they were so fixated on what could be, there was so much discussion about like, Oh, it's not realistic. How could it be? What is it? It's like, stop that right now. Like this is, it's a movie. Um, and Nope just does a completely different thing. There's not even, you know, it's like he, it's just incredible what he does. It's such a, visually interesting like a resting film there are some images in this movie that are just mind-bendingly beautiful the house with the blood was like that yeah, shot so cool the, the first time you see the ship in the air just briefly oh God, it's awesome. push through the clouds and then it's like and then at the end what what what, it opens, what this thing yeah. is oh my god like that fluttering like eyelash box thing like get out of here with that and he yeah. even puts it in a Kira slide like Jordan yeah. Peele is just doing whatever Jordan Peele wants and I'm, I'm loving it so more Jordan Peele forever please nope was also my number four so echo oh yeah all oh, that nice uh just yeah I, I really loved it I, I people aren't talking about it as much as no I think people it also deserves. Um, I did like it more than us, 
not as much as as get out but um nope was so good it also just proved that jordan peele like doesn't have to do like these like hyper like political and like social conscious movies Mm. like obviously there are tones of that in nope but it's really not like it's really a monster movie and it's like you know and conspiracy movie and all that kind of stuff um it it was just so fun to watch i've been meaning to rewatch it i have the disc i just haven't fired it up yet but good pick um but that was my four so boom what was your four um my four was rrr still not seen this I haven't either. Okay, well, what are you guys I know. up to? What are you doing? I know, I know. What's 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 he happening? He has a baby, and, a I ha- podcast, and I have a dog. Or? That helps. <laughs> okay, She's a I have cat. a cat. <laughs> what are we getting at? <laughs> what are you trying to say? <laughs> um, but yeah, RRR. It's on Netflix. It is a doozy of a film because it is. I think the runtime is over three hours, um, maybe even longer. Um, but it is absolutely epic on every level. And for me, it was kind of like a reinvigor or a reintroduction to movie magic. I feel like I talk mm. about that a lot, but I love when I can kind of like find it in a film when you're not necessarily expecting to. Like I went into it knowing it would be, you know, cool and, and fun. Um but I didn't realize like to what scale it would be. And it has absolutely everything like ridiculous over the top action, this like, you know, weird political plot that is just, it's like, um, rather than being like this deep kind of, you know, messaging and narrative, it's just about like, um, it just holds this like cathartic energy of just like seeing everything you would want from like an underdog or like an underrepresented class or whatever happen. You're just there. It's just kicks ass and you're like, (laughs) fuck yes. And there's musical numbers and there is um, like homoerotic undertones. It's just Mm. the most perfect movie I've ever seen. And like, it is just constantly one upping itself the entire time. So you're just watching it and you're like, it can't, where are we going from here? And then it just goes to a place where you're like, okay, cool. And now we're here. Amazing. Um, so when you guys have a spare four hours, I definitely recommend checking it out. I think Kat, our dear friend Kev is probably has passed away from just hearing that the two of you haven't seen it. So I know I, I I wanted to go see it in theater, but I just uh, I never got to it. And then what's on Netflix? You know, it's like yeah, you have four hours to sit down and watch it. I, I'll, I'm going to watch it this weekend though because I know it's going to get nominated for stuff. It's actually um, we're taping this during the Golden oh, Globes. Okay. You know, it, not, it got nominated for a couple things there, so um, definitely we'll watch. Okay, that's good. It's interesting how these things kind of come up because it's just, I mean, I don't even know how it kind of came to be on my radar. Like, I remember seeing a trailer for it way back in the day. I think maybe it was the VHS Village, to be honest, like seeing Mm -hmm. kind of ratings trickle in. But it's just funny because I'm like Bollywood or, you know this style of film never really gets recognition from like golden globes and the academy but yeah. it's funny when they do because they're and genre like, similar, movies. similar to parasite right like yeah it's just it, they just kind of come out of nowhere and then every you know you know the west we adopted and we're like okay <laughs> and then anyways but 
regardless, it is very cool and worth all the hype. So I'm not mad at that. Yeah, that that was kind of the reason why I keep putting it off is because I just keep feel like it's like, oh, North America's discovered Bollywood films for the first time or something. And I was just like, like, I'm sure it's good. But like, could it be as good as everyone's talking about? But every every review I've seen in the last like few weeks was sort of expressing the same feelings I had and was like, it's all worth it. It's so good. So I think I think I have to pull the trigger. That's the thing. It's just like an amazing film to like an epic proportion. So yeah. you just you just got to do it. Put all that like bandwagon and stuff aside. It's 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 hype for a reason. RRR. Mm-hmm. Catcher, you're number three. It's possible that there's some recency bias involved with this, but I think I my bias. I think my biases actually lie further back in my life but my number three is the whale darren aronofsky's the whale mm. um didn't you see that like yesterday yeah, i did <laughs> i did i i had actually a very good movie week so i'm very happy about that you did um what what is there to say um darren aronofsky has been my boy f- since the beginning of time um and i say in my review that um I think that's because all of his films deal with in some way the fact that we like that we are more than the meat sacks that we were born into and yet at the same time like we are nothing more than that like everything about us is you know it's like we're in this body and um his movies have this sort of push and pull with that concept um and this movie is absolutely no different um I think personally I deal a lot with struggling with being in like having a mind and how my mind is and then having a body and feeling like those things are often like not in sync. Um, Mm. And this movie really plays with that idea. Um, And, but it also is dealing with, you know, self doubt and the way that we punish ourselves and the way we don't allow ourselves to like forgive ourselves for the things that we've done, Um, which is something that is like incredibly personal to me. Uh, something with that that I struggle with, and so this movie just encapsulates so many of the things that I'm working on in my own head more often than not, and this just put it there up on screen, and it's full of these like beautiful performances. Like Brendan Fraser is getting a lot of like hype right now, and I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. This performance is extremely powerful, um, but it's powerful in the way that he is just so full of love and uh and light and empathy and the like the contra- like the contradiction between that and like this body that he's inside that he's put himself in and his struggles with that it's just it's arresting and like at the end of the film it was me Emma and the two friends of ours and like we could we couldn't move we just sat there and just as it ended and we were just like hmm okay i need a second and it, it's powerful and the way it ramps up into like the, the sort of like emotional climax of the movie it's just like it it i bought it like hook line and sinker which is mm-hmm. not the case i think for most people watching this movie the little, the few people i saw <laughs> like on my letterbox feed it's like one stars 
one half stars um, for people I respect. What is know. what is it that people aren't liking about it? I'm curious. I haven't seen it. I fully suspect I could hate uh, it. Yeah, yeah, fair, yeah, fair enough. I mean, um, any Aronofsky, most Aronofskys yeah. toe that line. Totally. To fair, but yeah. 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 I, th- I like most of his movies, but um, yeah, I'm curious about this. Like, I think I will end up seeing it just to kind of see catch the vibe mm. and, and see what's going on um did it have like similar kind of like stylistic things that usually are happening in his movies where it's like a play between reality and you know your psyche mm. and all of that because it seemed from the trailer it seemed pretty toned down yeah yeah, it's like it's based off a play, and then it was ri- written for the screen by that same writer. Um, and it definitely mm. does feel a bit like a play, and that it's like a one location story, and everything happens sort of inside his house. Um, and it's Matthew Labatique, his cinematographer. So, I mean, in some ways, like it feels like an Aronofsky film. Um, in this, especially like in the sound and the way that like mm. they film the his body and like the way he does things like there's a few scenes of him eating that are like would make you feel sick um mm. but it's like uh yeah it's it's like that i mean it's like it's like all of his films it's like uh, kind of hard to sit through yeah. but there are moments like there are definitely like lighter more approachable moments as well but yeah, they don't shy from the fact that he's six hundred pounds. And then you being like someone who's all you're like such a big fan of Darren Aronofsky. So like th- this movie, just based on like you know what it is and whatever, like how is that feeling for you as a fan? Yeah, yeah. Like where like what is it telling you about his kind of like? trajectory like where he's at Mm. as an artist right now i'm curious yeah um i think if to me it feels like he's at a place where he is trying to make as many parables about what he sees as like wrong with the world as possible um and i don't think for a second that what this movie is about is like eating poorly and being fat like I think there's been a lot of readings that I've read about that, that I'm just like, you've not even seen the same movie. It's not what you're talking about is completely, Mm -hmm. this is a metaphor and like a metaphor that isn't, you know, on, you know, some of the better bad reviews were like, it's a little on the nose. And I think in certain cases that that's true. Um, But I think, I think it's just another, it's, it's him examining society. And I think it was lower on my all time aronofsky list until near the end and then it it bumped its way up so it's probably three top three or four aronofsky for me yeah i really like it if you like his work you will like it if you don't like his work it's you can't i'm you're not going to enjoy this it's just as simple as my number three weird the al yankovic story Oh, nice. Oh, um, cool. I need to This see movie that. fucking rocked. It rocked. Uh, you can watch it, I think, for free with the with the Roku app, which it is an app. It's not just like only TVs. I didn't know that until this movie. Um, oh. It is so good. Um, Daniel Radcliffe is killer. 
Um, all like the cameos and like stunt casting throughout it are super funny. The movie itself is just hilarious. Like I think it's um, well documented that I hate biopics. Like I re- like I, mm. I like refuse to watch most biopics at this point because they all just seem like cheap attempts to get Oscars. <coughs> Elvis. Um, and <laughs> uh, and this movie is like I think in true Weird Al fashion is that it's like a parody on biography biopics like that's what it is um you know almost none of it is real um but it is so funny like i think when i watched it like i think this is the funniest movie i've seen since like this is the end which i have very high praise for uh this is the end is like one of my favorite comedies ever and this like i think is on par at that um definitely definitely worth the watch radcliffe is, is amazing in it just you know everyone is so good and so fun and um again want to crazy movie to watch <laughs> definitely put it on because it, it's it's super satisfying nice. yeah it's a good time it's like mind-blowing to me like his film trajectory since harry potter he's just gone like full the, indie he hasn't had one yeah. like major blockbuster you know like mainstream yeah. movie yeah and he just picks like the weirdest roles and it's like it's awesome something about him just is i'm always like a fan of he's always picking interesting things uh, yeah. boom you're number three um, so my number three is The Woman King. Mm. Um, I've not watched it which yet. I I'm saw sorry. twice. You asked me and I, I, I saw, know. You saw I twice? You, I, wow. I watched it twice in theaters because oh, yeah. I went like on my own the first time. And I was honestly like, when I went to see it, I was feeling a bit like down. And then I was like, I just need, you know, Viola Davis's ripped arms to like lift me up <laughs> and and make me feel better. And that's ex- exactly what happened. <laughs> and it's done. So like, it's the same director of Love and Basketball. So I was also mm-hmm. kind of interested in it for that reason, because we stand Love and Basketball here. And, mm-hmm. and she hasn't done like anything super notable since then to be honest um so it's kind of nice to see her back in action because i do think she has a very keen eye and can kind of you know bring to life a a, just a well-told story Mm. and yeah it was it was an interesting watch as well because there was a little bit of like inner turmoil going on the when I was watching it the first time and then the second time I was like fuck it I just love this and you know because there's discourse as per as per usual about kind of the story that was being brought to light about the you know the Dahomey Amazons and what their role was in the West African slave trade and all of that and I do think that there is like this element of reckless abandon um when it comes to just like girl bossing or commodifying a history that like isn't even taught or or understood on a wild scale wide scale so i think like naturally if you're watching a film of that's like this you know it's like if you want to learn about the history of the situation and you know all of that it's like go watch a documentary or like go read about it because that's not what these movies are necessarily for but they're marketed that way as well so it becomes a little bit confusing um so I was like kind of battling with that a little bit but at the same time I was watching it and I'm like there is something like so true about empowerment through kind of like seeing these 
women just being like greased up and like kicking ass and um that really got to me and I was like I can't deny that I like absolutely love this and similar to what kind catcher was saying about the whale one of the things that kind of like got to me about this movie or like that I connected with was like kind of not to sound strange but like the betrayal of the body if that makes sense like these women are warriors and they are are you know using their bodies to kind of like fight for this cause and protect themselves and protect their people and and do all all, all of these things and as awesome it is to see like you know these stunning women doing like martial arts it's also kind of made me think about the body and how we can often feel disconnected from it or in terms of like you know I don't know maybe activism or just kind of like how you can use your body as a tool for you know or an instrument for like living a life whatever that means and we can use our words and we can use our minds and we can tweet about things but then it's like where do our where, where our bodies come into play um you know so it's like we can say we're allies we can do this but it's like would we actually kind of like put ourselves in between somebody who is you know in danger or would we you know, fight in a war if we truly believed in it and, and things like that. I know that sounds like so silly, no, no. but no, I, it really got to me because I was in that very moment, I was like down, feeling a little disconnected from my body. And I was like, okay, girl, like go swimming, like go back to the pool, get connected and like move around because not just to like look like Viola Davis in this film, that's not the goal. But <laughs> I think there's... There's just some power. There is power in living in your body. So, mm -hmm. and, and that was, and then just to see, you know, black women's bodies being represented in the way they were in this film, I was like, you know what? Power to the people. I'll, I'll mm -hmm. give it that. Love so, it. No, I think too, like, yeah, like you were saying in terms of the, the body, it's like, maybe you, you would want to fight and put your body on the line, but like, is your, does your body know what to do? Does it even know how to how, how to do <laughs> that? Just right, around. right, yeah. Which is what I would do. So it's like that's interesting. Yeah. And also to the other point, it's like no one <laughs> talked to Ridley Scott about the historical accuracy of something like Gladiator to be like, is it a good movie or no. not? It's like whether or not it's historically accurate to a T is sort of like missing the point, probably. Totally. Yeah. But we just have to like so much meaning and importance gets loaded into these things because they're so like scarcely represented mm -hmm. so then it's like becomes this whole thing where it's like okay well this needs to be perfect to a t but i'm like no this is a blockbuster film where we're gonna kind of glorify and gloss over you know the complexities of what was actually happening for the sake of like getting butts and seats and and having people just kind of like be in awe of these women so it's like that's okay um i guess but at the same time like you know, go read up on it. It's very interesting and you might learn something. Mm. Boom. What a <laughs> what a statement you just made. Yeah, oh love goodness. that. Um, <laughs> Catcher, you're number two. Okay. More recency bias. This is the other movie I watched this week. Oh boy. Uh but nine number two is Tar. Mm. And I'm just gonna 
Not Avatar. Not Avatar. <laughs> I should start Not number Avatar. one. No, please, that's next. Um, <laughs> basically, Kate Blanchett. Have you either of you seen this yet? Yeah, I saw it. Okay, so maybe you can. Maybe you let me know how you feel. Mm-hmm. But to me, this performance is the best, perf- like acting performance I have seen since There Will Be Blood. Like this, mama, her mama. Perf- her performance in this is like to me equal with Daniel Day Lewis. The way that she gets in the skin of this character, mm-hmm. the her mannerisms, everything feels effortless. She goes back and forth from English, like whatever that American accent she's doing, and uh, uh, German, and she's conducting and slipping back mm-hmm. in, and out. it's just she becomes this person, which is one thing, and then the filmmaking in this is incredible. Like the trust the. A filmmaker has in the audience in terms of like understanding like where you are in the story time in, in regards to time in regards to point of view um is brilliant the sets what i want to know what's real like what was the mm. set what was a uh, on location a house or a building it's beautiful at moments, I've heard this described a few times, and it's so accurate. It feels like a ghost story at times. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sort of haunting, and there's like images, and you don't so sort of you get this sense that something is around something. And sometimes it's literal, and sometimes it's not. But you get this that I, this idea that like something is haunting this woman, and like as the film lets you in on what's going on, it's it, it, you understand sort of what that presence is. In like a metaphorical way, that's so brilliant. And then the ending is so funny to me. Um, I I was the last like fifteen minutes. I was like shocked, laughing, and then the, the ending. I was just like, it was hilarious. It was perfect way to end the movie. Um, Have you seen it, Boom? No, I haven't. But I'm going okay. to, okay. and I know I have to see it in theaters. So I does that I, resonate? I, yeah. So I really really liked the movie up until the very end oh. and then I dropped it pretty down pretty heavily. So, no, what? Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to try and say it without spoiling for boom and others who haven't listened. Um, so yeah, I agree her. It's easily my favorite Kate Blanchett performance, like hands down. I I'm, I'm with you on that. I didn't think of a parallel to there will be blood, but I think there very much are parallels to it. Like thematically the film mm. as a whole, not even just her performance. Yeah. So my main gripe with the ending which actually made me like actively like not like the movie is that how am i going to say this so the whole theme there's like a theme of power throughout the whole movie right like obviously that power is important to her character and the movie could have had the same effect had they gone somewhere in america I see. To, okay. To me, okay, the pun- sure, sure. To, to me, the punchline of why it's funny to so many people is because it's like, ha ha ha, she's going somewhere where there's no culture, there's no wrong. this, like it's wrong, it's wrong, so wrong. lowbrow. And so they could have accomplished the same goal to by doing something like going to a different location. And so yeah. while I understand that like the the joke is on the character that this happens to and not the place itself. My issue is that the place that's featured um, 
it's not shown in a beautiful way. Okay. Oh, I see. Okay. Like yes. they okay. could have, yes, they yes. could have shown shown beautiful parts of things and made it that the character doesn't understand things, but that's not the case. The joke the joke is that what happens, you know. So that that's my main issue with it. Okay, I will fight back on it. Not fight back. I'll give my counterpoint. Okay. Um, one, where she goes, I I don't consider where she goes the part that made me laugh. Okay. It's what she's doing sure, that made sure, me laugh. Sure. Um, I get your point in terms of it's a comedy. It is. <laughs> it is very funny. It's, like on a. It's, it's, I wouldn't call it a comedy, but it is very. It's funny. funny. I think. Yeah, it's really funny. It's very Daniel. It's very Paul Thomas Anderson funny. Like I, I get your. I, I mean, I get your point. I just think that there is like a comment that's made earlier in the movie about where she goes. Mm, I, I, I can't remember. Okay, so and and I just think it like you know, the point that you made. It's like the reason it's a failure is because the reason it's shown that way is because the film is so entirely from her own from her perspective, right? And that like. It, it everything that we see is how she sees things mm. but i i understand i get i get your point it's actually yeah. a fair point i get what yeah. you mean yeah so that that's my only thing hopefully that didn't say too much boom i think we did a pretty good job <laughs> i don't think we said you i'm not sure we said any words my interest even more so i'm excited because i like i don't like not being i'm in, in the, the vast minority of people who did not like the movie so at least the ending i i again everything else up until that point i thought it was like brilliant uh my number two Let's just keep the train of feel good in theater movies. Let's go Top Gun Maverick. Oh, nice. Top, top, I mean, Boom talked about feeling the magic in the movies. That's what Top Gun Maverick was to me. Everything about it was incredible. Yeah. I mean, what else are you going to say? Like, the movie fucking rocked. Uh, it, was, it was so good. Like, mm-hmm. you think it can't be done, and then he does it again. <laughs> uh, I also subscribe to the theory very light spoilers for Top Gun Maverick is that there's like a prevailing fan theory going around that he actually dies in that, in that first, um, in that first supersonic sequence. And the rest of it is like his like afterlife. And that's why it gets so ridiculous. Why? Which Why? <laughs> why is this always, why is every time there's a big movie, someone gets this idea that's like that they die in like the third act and yeah. everything after is a dream it's like it's a story yeah the character like oh it's, that's funny i love it uh yeah that was it big love that movie don't need to go more on it uh watch yeah. it again and see it incredible i begrudgingly gave it four mm-hmm. stars it was fucking thank awesome thank you thank you thank you you <laughs> can't have... deny the truth it's good it's right. good i am convinced though that Here it comes. this is the turning point for scientology in the history of Scientology, this is the point where Scientology, like where Tom Cruise pushed it over the line and it stops being a cult and it starts being a religion that people get into in like 10 or 15 years from now. And it's this movie <laughs> where everyone was like, we are just going to forget the fact that he's in like a cult that hurts so many actual people. And it was a thing that I was like, can I even put this on my list? And I didn't have like the like the moral integrity to remove it from my list. <laughs> and I still gave it a high rating, but I, d- I definitely think this is a turning point in human civilization because it's the fact that no, no one is talking about it. It's like Tom Cruise is everyone's favorite human being. And I'm like, Scientology is still a thing. We have to be careful it, about. 
So in 50 years, if Tom, if this, if Scientology becomes prevailing religion cult in the world, we, you know, historians will come back. In 50 years, when Tom Cruise is still alive and looks the exact yeah. same, I think that's maybe when Scientology will start All to the take key, off, If they can find a way of looping in Q supporters, I think they can take, I think they can really take off. <laughs> so something uh, to think about. <laughs> boom, you're number two. My number two is, I just mentioned it, everything, everywhere, all at once. I feel like I don't need to go mm, into mm, 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 super details as to why this is just an amazing movie. It's one of those things that I think was just felt by everyone. And um, unlike things like RRR or like movies that kind of get these really bandwagon followings, I feel like for everything, everywhere, all at once, it's just like it is known like it's just kind of like a head nod you would give to somebody else you're just like yeah like everything everywhere all at once you know there's no really there's no real denying that it's an amazing film that like just touched the hearts and souls of so many people for for so many reasons and with all its chaos and wonder I absolutely loved it with with every ounce of my being and one besides the film being incredibly amazing one thing that i'm loving so much in the wake of this film is the like michelle yo renaissance because i've always been a huge fan of hers and it's so nice to see her kind of getting the airtime that she deserves because she's actually somebody that you want to listen to um who i think has really important things to say just my was never really given the platform to do to do and what that woman can do again like back to body is like with her body and her mind and and her ability is is wild and then her worldview on top of that is just incredible and i love seeing her in interviews roundtable interviews with like four of the like you know most famous white actresses in the world and looking them dead in the eyes and being like bitches like you are not left for wanting when it comes mm. to roles and just but not even being like <laughs> you know not even being super loaded about it just so matter of fact like i am obsessed with her and i'm i'm so glad to see um like everything her getting what she deserves but then also just she deserves it for giving us what she gave us in this film because it's something that a lot of actors will not do in their lifetime. So, and I definitely won't do because I'm not an actor. Everything Everywhere All at Once was also my number one movie of the year. No, that's that's her uh, too. That's her number two. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is my number one though, you know. So oh, I see. I think okay, yeah. Piggyback off it. Um, I mean, the movie, everything about it, was just incredible. Like when I saw it in theaters, it is one of those movies where like, you never think you would see a movie like that. And like, what's interesting is that I kind of went in thinking, uh, you know, like another multiverse movie, like this is kind of overdone, but they do it just better than everyone else. Like the totally. it's original, um, everything about it is original. The themes I think are so unbelievably strong across all the characters. Like again, every, I agree with everything boom said about Michelle Yeoh um, but the whole cast, I mean, um, K. Huai Kwan, right? Is that how you pronounce it? Um, mm-hmm. uh, is, in, is incredible. Uh, Stephanie Sue as Joy. I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, 
what's there not to love about this movie? Um, and I, I'm glad you brought up the roundtable uh, comments that Michelle Yoki's made because it's right. Like someone has to put has to just remind people like, okay, listen, we're not. I'm not saying your work was harder. You know harder than like a white guy's but don't yeah. don't don't come at me with that straight face and act like you guys have had the same struggles because it's not true uh and i love it you know um it also shows that you don't need these huge budgets to accomplish like these cool unreal movies like this movie was only had a 14 million dollar budget like that's nothing that's <laughs> yeah. absolutely nothing for what this movie does um you know that's a single frame of <laughs> yeah Avatar. right yeah yeah, yeah. that was like yeah, two billion yeah, dollars yeah. <laughs> some shit like that um so yeah i mean i think what, like what boom says you there's not really much you have to also say about the film just because i think it's so everything that's been said about it is is out there and i don't think i can add much more to that conversation but um you know i'm really 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 hoping she wins the academy award uh, i think she will me um, too you know everything she's doing is right so and she's unbelievable movie so yeah that was yeah. number one yeah it's number seven on my list but it's it very easily could have been five. Like it very easily yeah. could have been four. Like this, there's like that. My sort of like that area is like all four and a half stars. Like which one do I want to talk about? They're all incredible. And she's this movie made like two thousands ear like um like jawbone headsets. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Which is that's a feat. I never I never thought I, <laughs> I'd see that in my life. Though so. that's good filmmaking. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Katja, what's your number one? Okay. My number one is uh, Moon Age Daydream. Mm-hmm. Uh, the David Bowie documentary. Um, I wasn't expecting that. Th- this movie... Okay, Ian, earlier you were talking about uh, Weird Al and yeah. musical biopics and yeah. the trash fire that they're all, they're all pretty much just terrible. Um, and even if they're good, it's like it's the same beats over and over again. And I'm, I'm we don't need them. Mm. Uh, Weird Al seems like an exception. Seems more like a Dewey Cox, <laughs> like walk walk hard sort of situation more than anything else. And I think that's why it probably worked. Um, this is sort of the opposite. It's not a biopic. It's a documentary. But um, it, in a format, in a form that is a wholly unique on its own, Taking a musician that for me, I'm not that I'm not a fan of his music because all the music that I've heard of his, I love, but my fascination with David Bowie has always been like as an artist um, Mm. and his approach to creativity. And there's few like popular artists that have sort of like changed and morphed and approached different art forms and mediums in the way that he did. And this is a movie that lives up to to date, like to me, like how I see David Bowie as an artist. Um, it does this beautiful thing where it uses um, footage from, like it chronologically goes through his life, but in a way that encompasses footage from different periods all mashed together. And it's a like collage. It's more of like a, po- it's more poetic than it is like, like a storytelling st- narrative structure. Um, but it gets across everything that the movie is trying to say, and it's doing so by bending it and manipulating time and sound and imagery, and it's wholly unique. Um, and if you like David Bowie, 
and like a weird movie, I think this is right up your alley. If you want something more traditional, if you wanted a biopic and that's your bread and butter, this probably will be a little bit too much for you. But it this to me is just, it is a monumental feat of editing at, at the very mm-hmm. least. Um, what they managed to do with the amount of footage they had. And it gives you insight into a man that I feel like oftentimes can feel contradictory and they don't really hide from that. They Mm. embrace that. And I think that's the thing that's most vital about the movie. It's like people can be more than one thing. Mm. Um, And who you are changes, but at the same time, who you are never really changes. And Mm. it's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. So uh, moon, moon age daydream nine number one film of the year. My only five-star film of the year as well, so. Wow, only five-star, yeah. excuse me. Yeah. Lots of four and a half this year, I'm shocked. Lots of four and a half, um, but my only number fives. Nice. Boom, what is your number one? So my number one is number one because it's... Is it Ambulance? <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> no. Uh... It's Halloween Kills. Although I did... Ambulance is a honorable mentions because that was a fun theater watch. Um, But this is a movie that I was expecting to dislike when I initially went to see it. And then I ended up watching it four times this year because I was just absolutely obsessed with it. And I actually rated it like some of the movies that are on my top five. I've like rated higher than I rated this film, but I think like I don't know. The truth just you can't, reveals you can't itself. Deny love. So my you can't deny love. Um so my number one film is yeah. the Batman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as, as soon as you started talking, I was like, Oh my god, it's Batman. She's gonna pick Batman. <laughs> it's the Batman. Yeah. It's just like last year I had um in the heights on my top list and like I and I had end, I think I watched it like five times. It's just like there's a movie, you know, that'll happen. It'll hook you. And for whatever reason, you'll you're just obsessed with it and you watch it over and over again. Um, for me, that was the Batman. I thought it was a hit on all fronts. Like I even though it has a really long runtime, I didn't feel bored um, in my millions of rewatches. Um and it's a good time. And I just, I don't know, like it's, I don't even have anything profound to say about it. It's just a kick-ass movie that I enjoyed a lot. Mm. So that's, uh, that's, good. that's my number one. It shouldn't, it should not have been as good <laughs> as it was. Like I definitely was expecting yeah. it to be a, not good. It was a great movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was super, super fun. Um, I, I think I said it was like probably like part of my, second like he is my favorite batman but my least favorite bruce wayne mm, okay. yeah like, i think okay, in yeah. that yeah and the whole movie just fucking it just fucking sense. rocks yeah so totally. great 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 pick um awesome Yay. nice well those are uh top five um let's quickly run through our five most anticipated with minimal commentary so we uh keep this runtime <laughs> tight uh my number i'm just gonna go through mine row. so my five in kind of order uh number five is indiana jones need i say more mm-hmm. my number four is the king knock at the cabin 
M. Night Shyamalan's next movie. Oh, yes. Uh, number three is m- my further dive into Scientology, which is Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Let uh, it wash over you, Ian. Number two is uh, Barbie. And then number three, or number one, I'm sorry, is uh, Ari Aster's Bo is Afraid. I have not watched a trailer. That trailer just came out today, but I want to go into that completely. Yeah, I watched I want to go completely it. blind. Proud of you. So that's, that's, that's my five anticipated. Catcher. Okay. Uh, okay, this is not really... Not in a, I can put it in order. Okay. Uh, number five, uh, the Dungeons and Dragons movie. Mm-hmm. There's for every reason it should be bad, but it should be good. Okay, sorry, we're doing this quick. Okay, so uh, so Dungeons and Dragons movie, Barbie. Next up, Barbie. Very excited about Barbie. Um, that trailer then, fucking rocked. It did, yeah. Um, Greta, let's do it. Um, next, Transformers: Rise of the Beasts. <laughs> okay, so I gave up on the Transformers universe many moons ago and have refused to watch them. I think after like the second one. Uh, but this has the um, the Beast Wars characters, which is my like one of my all time favorite television shows as a kid. So okay. I this is huge nostalgic value. Okay, next one, Creed three. Oh baby, uh, Michael B. Jordan is directing this time around, and uh, Jonathan Majors looks like just ugh. yeah, okay. the manimal he is. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's like <laughs> God. Okay, uh, and my number one most anticipated. Our boy, well, my boy, I assume he's your boy, Denny Villeneuve's Dune 2. We're finally going to get the second half of Lawrence of Arabia in space, and I'm very excited. I cannot wait. Um, let's do it. I like how you say, it, how you say oh we gosh. finally, and it's barely been a year and a half. I know. I just <laughs> yeah. need, I need it now. I know. So. We know. We know. My top five upcoming 2003 um, five is Barbie. Mm-hmm. So I'm over two with Greta. I famously <laughs> dislike Greta Gerwig and dislike her films very strongly. I don't like Lady um, Bird, so I'm with you on that. Thank you so mm-hmm, much. Mm-hmm. I appreciate in solidarity. Um, but I am stoked for Barbie. The cast in the trailer excite me. I think it's going to be great. Um, I saw a trailer for this movie. So my number four is Infinity Pool. Mm, mm-hmm, I don't know mm-hmm. if you guys have heard about Alexander Skarsgård and mm-hmm. Mia Goth. The, the like younger Cronenberg. Mind fuck horror. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, looks promising. Um, three, Doom Part 2. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, gotta hold it down. Two is Creed 3. Yeah. So it's like all all sequels in my top three. Um, and number one is the the iconic, the highly anticipated film of the year, likely to sweep the Oscars mm-hmm. 2024. And that is Magic Mike's Last Dance. Yes, yes, yes. The third installment of the of the Michael, uh, the, sorry, the Michael, the Magic Mike trilogy one of the best trilogy cinema has to offer i'm so excited selma hayek Mm -hmm. is in it Mm -hmm. they're going to london they're Mm going to be dancing Mm -hmm. um and i'm also excited to see how this like pseudo um kind of biopic series of channing tatum's life wraps up so 
And with that announcement, the Synonauts <laughs> also have an announcement. Yes. So next week, we will be discussing 2001, A Space Odyssey. And then the week after, we have to talk about something else. We don't know yet. But then after that, we will be going on a Magic Mike exploration in which we're going to knock off Magic Mike 1, Magic Mike XXL, and then wrap up with Magic Mike Slash Dance. So if you're wondering what Synonauts are getting into in 2023. We're doing whatever we want. a little bit of a taste. Some bullshit. That's what we're getting into. Great lists all around. I cannot wait to do 2001 next week and then Magic Mike. And then Magic Mike. The Magic Mike trilogy. Is Magic Mike in the Criterion? It will, it, it <laughs> will be, be after, after we're yeah, done with yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Soderbergh the King. Is he, he's not directing the last one. Is he one, directing is he? this? I don't think he, he is. is. He's back. He he's is? back. He's back. He's oh back. And that's, yeah. God. And that's, okay. That makes mm, it so much that's better. That's three for three, right? Like he basically shadow directed the second one, right? That's yeah. I think he I think, like he's yeah. not credited, but he was like on set and all that sort of stuff. So my god. And we all know how I feel about the second one. So I'm so, so this excited. is great. I'm, they're they're so good. The movies. Well, boom catcher. Felt felt this great felt amazing. Back yeah. On the saddle, I know catcher's been dreaming about this moment for weeks, months, even. Yeah. Uh, but we are back. Stronger than ever, bigger than ever, XXLer than ever. <laughs> I hate it. This is Synonos. Synonos XXL. Oh, yeah. Uh, all right. I'll pop that, delete all that. Anyway, <laughs> thanks all for listening. Thank you for your patience Yay. for us returning. But we will be back soon and uh, we'll talk to y'all later. Bye. Bye. Bye.